God, it's stinking. And it's me. I'm the stinking one. You know, we're still in that in that temperature where you got to shower every day, you know? Sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't. Ah, that's disgusting. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, we're back at it again. We're just squeezing this one in under the wire of the end of August, you know? It's like trying to put on jeans. You swear fit you just last year. Anyways, welcome to episode number who gives a shit of the Valley Boys. I am your host, Dave Weasel. Let's get this over with. Now, I say this under not-so-subtle duress. It's like someone's holding a metaphorical gun to my head, but if you could be so kind as to rate or review us, I would greatly appreciate that. Whether you're tuning in on Apple, Spotify, a dark web version of MySpace, or even Grinder, just hit that rating button. Five stars if you're into it, one star if you're being sarcastic, but really mean five stars. Make sure to share it with your friends, grandparents, Tinder matches, really anyone you think would want to play for the receded dumpster pigs. Also follow us online at Valley Boys Pod on Twitter. Still not calling it X at Valley Boys Podcast on Instagram and now TikTok. Uh, though I don't think anyone has updated that this week. Someone's going to get yelled at. I am at Dave Weasel across everything. Didn't buy my blue check mark. Always got to point that out. Anyways, on with it. God, I hate these intros. Okay, so you know what it is a little bit weird? People have been messaging me saying, oh man, the stuff you did as a kid that you talk about on your podcast, yeah, I did that kind of stuff too. It's like all of us had the same miserable, weird childhood experiences. And it doesn't matter where you grew up, Canada, America, that shit's universal. Every school you went to always had that one kid who's a complete mess, you know? The one that the teachers just kind of gave up on. But my school... My school didn't have just one of those. They had an entire classroom of these little disasters. It's like if you took the Suicide Squad movie but made every character uh, Jared Leto's Joker, that's what it was. So let's talk about one of these kids. His name was Ted. This kid was basically the poster child for why some animals eat their young. In sixth grade, I had this classmate, rather grade mate. His name was Ted. And he was, how do you put it? He had, he had like a PhD in behavioral creativity. The adults would say, you know, he's just got some issues, but he also had to be separate, separated from the class because he kicks and bites. And, you know, to us kids, it's like living in a horror movie where the villain is his 12-year-old monster. Now, I want to be sensitive about people with their issues. I do. But when you're a kid and someone gets to punch and kick and fart on all the rest of us and the teachers can't and won't do anything, it gets a little frustrating and scary. Anyways, I don't want to speculate on what particular correctional facility or court-ordered life coaching program he's probably currently participating in. But let's just say Ted was Ted was to bullying what um, Hillary is to this recent hurricane in L.A. Just a big mess nobody wants to deal with, but eh, wasn't so bad in hindsight. So whatever. Ted was this, he was in this very exclusive class of maybe six or seven kids from all different grades. And they're all united by the common bond of having been expelled from the traditional classroom. No other school would take these kids. You know, and it's not like you could just send them off to the woods and hope the wolves would teach them how to read. So they all piled into our school for this special program. So Ted found himself among the uh, educational elite. Like um, one was a fourth grader who was in a gang. And uh, I think there was a third grader who set fires. Um, Now, our school had the idea to sprinkle a little bit of Ted into ordinary classroom activities. You know, let him join us for the national anthem and such, which is which is all well and good. And that's healthy. But there was one time they let him come along on a field trip where Ted decided to invent a game called punch every kid in the back of the head. Even the girls. Now, this was this game was just as descriptive as it was inventive, but it got so chaotic. It was like someone had shook up a snow globe filled with teachers and students and pure undiluted Ted. The whole time he's shouting these threats. 
that were some real avant-garde shit for a sixth grader, you know? He's like the Picasso of trash talk all over the place with odd choices of words, but they're all kind of strikingly beautiful when you put them together. I'll give some examples in a bit here, but anyways, they somehow managed to put a a top hat on this tornado, um, and we get back to the school, and the teacher... Well, she's sort of a teacher. She's more of a social worker, I think, you know, the kind of teacher that goes by her first name. So so Sonia, she pulls me and my friend aside and tells us, uh, hey, I want to know exactly what Ted said. I'm ignoring the fact that they were swears. I need to know exactly what he said. Oh, boy. So my friend kind of looks at me and he raises an eyebrow a little bit. And I'm starting to shake because I don't know if this is a trap or a once in a lifetime opportunity to swear at a teacher. And then my friend says to her, well, he said my mom was a fat piece of shit. And the teacher went, mm-hmm, okay, what else? Now, I'm literally shaking. It's on. So I tell her, he also said he would turn someone's dick into a pretzel and eat it. And she's like, mm-hmm, okay, that old one, what else? My friend is like, he said he wants to fuck a teacher in the tits, whatever that means. And she's like, okay. And now I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out like a dog ready to go for a walk. You know, when you grab that leash and the dog starts spinning around, that was me. I just said, fuck. Ted also said, fuck, many times like this. Oh, fuck, 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 just like a chicken. And then my friend goes, he also said he's going to fart on a gross woman's boobs. And by this point, I'm just yelling, fuck shit, balls, piss over and over. You know, and my friend starts doing the same thing. We're like two kids in a choir of Tourette's. And by now, the titty fucking teacher, realizing her brilliant detective work was over, just sent us back to class. Now that's some standby me level bonding shit right there. Me and my friend never forgot about getting to talk about dick pretzels and titty fucking to a teacher. Now, here's the thing. I do understand the tragedy of kids like that. But why does why does he have to be at my problem at 11 years old? It's like I said, he was a terror and nothing would get done. Every day, this kid would punch someone in the wiener. And we all had a kid like that in our school, you know? But one time, Ted bit my friend on the ass so I didn't have a problem snitching on him really I do feel like he should be given all the kindness and patience in the world you know because some people find themselves on hard times and everybody else seems to have an issue with it all right like one time I'm in line at the grocery store kind of an everyday adventure in itself and I I get caught in this weird modern day morality play you know no I'm just a simple man I'm trying to buy my energy drinks and lunch meats, and I'm kind of sandwiched between these two people who are ready to debate the the merits of economic theory and moral philosophy right in the express lane. Now, ahead of me, there's a lady with two separate transactions going on. She's buying food with her Snap card, which is food stamps, and then wine with cash. Now, that's a completely acceptable division of resources. But then there's this guy behind me. He's got one item in one hand and an opinion in the other that he feels like he needs to share. So he, t- he takes it upon himself to start critiquing the lady's purchase. You know, he's like, hey, you shouldn't be getting alcohol if you're on food stamps. And she's like, bitch, I'm paying for it with my own money. And then he comes back with, well, then you shouldn't be on food stamps. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people might feel that way. And you know what? Whatever. That's your opinions. But feel that way in silence. It's another thing to shout it out in the wild like that. Now, I'm feeling like I kind of went to a costume party without the costume. Or, or a cat that climbed a tree and can't get back down. I'm completely stuck. I want to say something, you know. In my head, I can come up with some Atticus Finch shit defending the lady's honor. But in reality, I'm more like a goldfish that's just been plucked out of his bowl. Just blurt. And the lady, she leaves. And the guy turns to me and he says something like, oh, she's probably got a new car. 
You know, like her taste in vehicles is relevant to the groceries. But here's the thing. Guys like that often carry around a moral high ground that's usually as fragile as a house of cards. You could bet your left and right tit they're heavily religious. They might identify as Christian, but forget what Jesus said about feeding the poor and, you know, enjoying a little wine now and again. It's like they've taken the, cheat, the, the teachings of this character, Jesus, and decided to remix them into a less compassionate, I don't know, more judgmental greatest hits album. It's like they read the Gospels, treated it like a buffet, pick and choose what they want. Uh, they walk away with that and leave the rest to be thrown out. So I'm standing there, you know, just kind of letting his words wash over me. I'm just pretending to be fascinated by the gum selection, you know. Oh, look, this is a new one, I think. And I can't help but to think that uh, our world has become a place where people are more comfortable judging each other in the checkout line than simply shutting the fuck up and letting others enjoy their lives. Now, as we've said, you could bet your right and left hit that these are the same people with strong opinions about transgender issues. They'll go around spouting off about Jesus, but then turn around and do the exact opposite of this guy's teachings. They merely identify as Christian. They're trans-religious, if you will. And nobody bats an eye. It's like Trump identifying as 215 pounds. He's trans-fat. Ah, so fall is approaching, my friends. The time when we're all busier than a valet parker at an Applebee's on prom night. You're probably juggling life like you're in a circus. You know, responsibilities, deadlines, and a fitness regime you optimistically started during quarantine. Enter Factor. This is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit here to essentially become your personal chef and nutritionist. I mean, who has time to cook when you're trying to maximize your fleeting days of summer? Factor's got you covered. These meals are so quick, they're ready in less time than it takes for someone to ghost you after a first date. Two minutes. Heat, eat, and then continue plotting world domination. They have more than 34 meal options every week, and all of them are so full of flavor, they make your grandma's cooking seem like rice cakes. Want to get fancy? Try their Gourmet Plus options, which are basically the superstars of all meal kits. You get meals with high-class ingredients like broccolini and truffle butter. It's like the meal is wearing a tuxedo just for you. Too busy for lunch because you're racing around the city like a squirrel looking for a nut? Don't worry, they got lunch-to-go options that require zero heating. It's easier than stealing candy from a baby, but a lot more socially acceptable. Calorie conscious? Factor's got your back with meals that have fewer calories than the number of times you've rolled your eyes at a work meeting. If you're feeling like Popeye and need a little extra muscle fuel, they have Protein Plus meals with over 30 grams of protein. They even have over 45 add-ons to shake up your meal routine, like apple cinnamon pancakes or shakes that are just as smooth as you think you are at karaoke. Factor is also, get this, a good citizen of Earth. They offset their delivery emissions and source sustainably. It's like if Captain Planet started a meal kit service. So what are you waiting for? This August, let Factor make your life easier than a spelling bee for a dictionary. Just pick your meals and they'll send them to you faster than you could say, I miss my blockbuster nights. They're ready in two minutes flat. No prep, no mess, and no regret. Head to factormeals.com slash valleyboys50 and use code valleyboys50 to get 50% off. That's code valleyboys50 at factormeals.com slash valleyboys50 to get 50% off. So, kicking bad habits, are we? It's like trying to do your taxes without crying. You know, you tell yourself, I'm going to quit this one thing, cold turkey. Which, by the way, is a phrase that only sounds good when you're talking about leftovers. But let's not consult your neighbor Greg, who believes he can cleanse your aura with a pendulum he bought on Etsy. No, we're discussing something a little more grounded, a little more 21st century, 
fume. It's spelled F-U-M. It's pronounced fume, like costume, without the con, which is what your bad habit's been doing to you. So here's the skinny on fume. They're looking at your bad habit like a puzzle. They're saying, why ditch the whole thing when you could just remove one piece that's shaped like a disaster? Fume isn't electrical. It's as natural as the guy at the party who won't stop talking about his compost pile. Instead of vapor, we're talking flavored air. That's right. It's like breathing in a fruit salad, but without the regret of not choosing pie. And instead of chemicals that you can't pronounce, we're talking all natural flavors. Now, when I first tried fume, my expectations were, let's say, managed. But wow, was I wrong. The flavor was like a Broadway show from my mouth, just full of twists and turns and then a standing ovation at the end. The feel of it? Balanced. It's perfectly balanced. It's like holding a wand that Harry Potter gave a five-star review for. And it's not just a pretty face. This is a fidgeter's dream. You can click, you can twist, you can turn. It's like a Swiss army knife of relaxation. And as for the aesthetics, this thing is crafted. It's like an Aston Martin of habit-breaking devices. I felt like James Bond if you were trying to make better life choices. Stopping is something that we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, so there's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com slash valleyboys and save 10% off when you when you get the journey pack today. That's try fum.com and use code valleyboys and save an additional 10% off your order today. Now, okay, whatever. When it comes to Trump's mugshot, it's like the Mona Lisa of legal photography. Whether you think Trump is the savior of modern politics or the villain in a never-ending reality show, you can't deny the magnetism of that picture. It's like seeing the moon landing. It's going to be in textbooks and encyclopedias until the end of time. People are saying that um, this is only going to work in his favor, and I don't doubt that. You know, Trump turned that mugshot into a symbol of martyrdom. He's like the patron saint of political resistance or something in his mind. And you got all these right-wing people and politicians. They're photoshopping themselves into the same pose like, like it's the latest viral challenge, you know, or it's, it's going to become an Instagram filter. But in the end, that, mic sh that mugshot could just be uh, the most honest campaign poster we've ever seen. It's a picture worth a thousand political ads and a million angry tweets. Love him or hate him, that picture of his mugshot is his entire presidency in one image. But it's almost like he's, you might think he's stupid, but it's almost like he's stupid like a fox, to quote Homer Simpson here. He keeps doing what, uh, what the judge tells him not to do, you know? Witness intimidation, uh, talking about the case, whatever. This is just who he is. He's a skunk who can't stop stinking. I do think the persecution is helping him in regards to his campaign. You know, he wants to show what will happen if they, um, if they put him in prison in terms of civil unrest. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I do think his goose is cooked here. The question is, will he be tried as an adult? And I say this... <laughs> in, in all his endless ramblings after he left office, he was right about one thing. There actually was election interference, and now he's being charged with it. Now, you could argue that he doesn't need a mugshot because he has one of the most recognizable faces in all of history. And I mean, not to do that uh, cliche of comparing him to this guy, but he's second maybe only to Hitler in terms of iconic faces. We'll see as time marches on or goose steps on. But uh, with faces, you know, some people have that uncanny ability to remember faces. You know, they meet someone once at a party and they take a, a mental snapshot like a human yearbook. Not me. 
Not me. I got this thing where faces just slip out of my brain like I'm trying to hold water in my hands. You know, I'll remember a name, maybe a quirky hat they wore, but the face? Nope. I find myself uh, relying on other cues to recognize people, like, like their hairstyle or the way they dress. I've recently recognized someone solely by the sound of their vocal fry. You know that creaky, drawn-out sound people make when they talk like this? It's like, like the voice is doing a slow crawl to the finish line of a sentence. I knew exactly who it was uh, just by hearing them, as if they were singing my favorite song. It was that recognizable. But it's funny how that can really get to you, you know? I had to abandon a true crime podcast because one of the hosts, Vocal Fry, was like listening to a door creaking open. She'd narrate the, the grisliest of murders like she was casually recounting a grocery list. So then they like got stabbed and it was all real icky. I'm out. Done. But even Kurt Cobain did that vocal fry thing, you know? You listen to interviews with him and, and he's like a weary traveler who's just looking to get the, to the end of the sentence. I just want to make music, you know, and be left alone. It's a fascinating way to talk, but uh, recognizing people by it, that's kind of the lamest skill ever. It's like, I see your face, but um, if you always talk like you're waking up, then yeah, I'll remember you, I guess. Teenagers are bad for that. They're bad for vocal fry, you know? That's the audible equivalent of rolling your eyes. One time I was helping uh, organize a teenage girl's birthday party within the family. And a couple of kids arrive early to help set up. You know, they're all polite and chipper. They're like contestants on a game show. Oh boy, there's going to be pizza. I'm going to have like four slices, you know. And you fast forward, more kids showing up, including the cool kid. And suddenly they turn up the vocal fry and turn down the word, comp the word comprehension, you know. It's like, it's like they had been uh, possessed. I'm like, hey, the pizza's here that you were all excited about. And they're like, what? Uh, that's cool, I guess. It's like, what happened to you? Do you need to go to the hospital? Were you bit by a vampire? Do I need to call your emergency contact? They sound like little crocodiles. You know, the second they're around the, the cool kid, they turn into crocodiles. Hey, Mr. Zebra. You should, like, totally come into the water. They call that the valley girl accent, which, as a valley boy, I can tell you that isn't exactly accurate. It's more of a Gen X divorcee in Rhode Island posting on social media she can't wait to go back to Cali. Nobody in Southern California calls it Cali. That's a good way to show you've been here once and somehow made it part of your identity. I saw one of them at Starbucks the other day because, of course, and the way she, uh, the way she ordered her latte was like watching a, a one-woman performance of Clueless. She's like, I'll have a venti iced latte, but like, can you make it with almond milk? Because, you know, regular milk was so last season. And the, the barista, he just stared at her, you know, like a, like, a, like a dog that's been showing a card trick. And that was in Orange County, not even the Valley. So that shit is everywhere. It's like a secret handshake of the Cool Cat Club. Someone walks in the room, you have to drain all the enthusiasm out of your voice and sound like a garbage disposal. Yeah, I don't care. Vocal fry is more contagious than COVID, man. Once one of those talking dolls starts running out of batteries, the rest fall in line. You know, with teenagers, it makes sense. That's how they are about everything. But there's nothing weirder than someone my age doing it. You know, it's like, cool, you saw Clueless when you were a kid and you never let it go. You know, kind of like my cousin. He's watched Lord of the Rings, never let it go. To this day, he's got a room with swords and wolf posters on the wall. I don't know. Not to judge those kind of guys, but you do gotta, gotta watch out for dudes with sword collections. They're either huge nerds, or they might cut off your face with it and wear it as a mask. I mean, most likely nerds, you know? And these swords are just, they're not just for display. They're like, they're battle ready, you know? Battle ready for what exactly? Are ninjas storming the ap apartment complex often? Is there a dragon problem here in North Hollywood? 
It's not even like these swords are hidden away in a study. No, dude, these are right here in the living room. Next to the TV and a collection of video game consoles. Always multiple video game consoles. And they're like, oh, you're admiring my sword collection? And you're like, nope. And then they say, well, let me tell you about the ancient craftsmanship of Japanese katanas. You know, when in reality, they bought them on eBay from someone with diabetes. That, or they're going to cut off your face and wear it as a mask. And that story will be told on a true crime podcast by someone who talks like this. All right, what else? Oh, there's a headline um, that came out, and it just says, uh, 51-year-old man facing charges after getting a DUI on a Power Wheels Jeep. Whew! That's like if your midlife crisis was directed by Pixar. You know Power Wheels, right? Those mini electric cars meant for kids who are too young for a license but old enough to crave the open backyard. You know, they go the, about the speed of a brisk walk out of an elevator after you farted. It's like, but this is like getting arrested for speeding on a merry-go-round. You know, I could just imagine what the sobriety test is like. The, the cop is like, sir, can you walk in a straight line? And he's like, well, this is going to be tough. My vehicle could only turn in wide, lumbering arcs. I'll be back in five minutes. And this, this wasn't just any power wheels. It was a Jeep, dude. Even in his drunken escapade, this man decided to go for the rugged off-road experience. Well, off-road is in on the sidewalk. Did he think he was in an actual Jeep commercial? You know, tackle the great outdoors at a breezy five miles per hour. I can see it now, man. He's, he's there. He's cruising down the road or, or you know, teetering down the, the bike lane. And he's got that serious Jeep-driving douchebag look on his face. You know what I'm talking about. Squinting into the distance like he's thinking about the mysteries of life when he's just too fucking drunk to realize he's not even in a car. Now, how do they impound a Power Wheels Jeep. Does a tow truck come? Or do they just put it in the back of a cop car? You know, maybe they just call over a seven-year-old from the neighborhood. Hey, kid, want to make five bucks and be a hero at school? All right, let's cut it off there. Short and sweet. So remember to rate this uh, wherever you're listening. Get your Tinder and Grinder matches involved. Uh, follow us on Grinder. We're probably, we probably got a profile. Um, remember not to get drunk with your kids on uh, Power Wheels. Um, don't shout at anybody on food stamps. Try your best not to talk like this. Don't threaten to tit fuck a teacher. And if you want to stay out of jail, don't interfere with a federal election. From Reseda, California, good night.